second week. Um, why are we doing this series is because when I was in England with the family, I was praying to God about, God, what's next? God, where do you want us to go as a church? And I sense the Lord put on me deeply that we need to grow, our themes grow in prayer, grow individually and grow corporately as a church in this, in this area of prayer. So over four weeks, it's actually over five because we've got the youth service in the middle, but over four weeks we're going to look at this, this our topic of prayer. And last week we did the why, why we should pray. And last week I gave you five reasons of why we should pray. Does anyone remember what they were? Anyone remember? Go. God, very good. That's number one. God commands it. That's why we should give Colossians 4. The Bible says, devote yourself to prayer. God commands that we pray. Another one? Yes, Saskia? Yeah, that's number three. That's good. Second one was powerful and effective. The third one, third one the world needs it. Mom? That's number four. We're in a spiritual battle. You guys have great memories. And number five is, what was number five? Yeah, the relationship puts God in his place. In other words, we see God as, God as who he is and we see our lack in prayer. I thought last week's message was really foundational, um, was, was like, it's really important that we understand the why, the why in life. Because when we understand the why, that then motivates us to action. And when we look at these five things about why in prayer, it then hopefully motivates us to pray. So last week I asked you which one was for you. Some of you put up two. Remember that, seven? Some of you gave up two. Um, which one was for you, remember, last week? Remember last week? Which one was for you? Here's a question. In your semicircle huddles, discuss this question. Whoa. What difference did it make? Based on the five motivational things last week, and if you weren't here, you have an excuse to be silent. Ask the person next to you, what out of those motivations, out of those five, did it make a difference this week? If it didn't, that's fine. Hopefully this week will. Did it make a difference? What difference did it make? Alrighty. Alrighty. A bit of accountability there. What difference did it make? Hopefully it made a bit of a difference in your life. The why. The why to pray. The why. Good. We hope the messages at LifeGate aren't just information, but they're things that you can take and apply and they're transformational messages. And that's what we saw in your survey results. Thank you for all the comments about the messages that you guys wrote. I really appreciated that. I was greatly encouraged. So that was the why last week, and you just had a bit of accountability of what difference did it make. Now what I want to do this morning is look at the next thing about how. How do we pray? This pray with purpose thing, how do we do it? Now men... I know that telling you how to do something isn't necessarily going to work. When you need to get from here to here, you want to work it out yourself. When you get the IKEA box, I don't need the instructions. But men, I'm going to give you some instructions today. They're very, very simple. And, and I've tried to make it a bit fun. Does anyone remember eating, they were called fags, now they're called fads. Is anyone eating those little fads? Yeah, well, here's an acronym around how to pray this morning. F is for free and formed. A, alone and assembled. You take your notes if you're taking notes. D is desperate and delighted. And as a way of remembering it, I've given you, each group, a packet of fads. Feel free to eat them, pass them around and chew on your sugar, your sugar cigarettes or whatever they are, um, while we're eating. And they smell really nice. If you just want to smell them, that's okay too. Yeah, they do smell really nice. So open it up, share around and as we go. So I'm going to break the message down into these three headings. And I'm going to start with the first one around free informed. 
When we talk about free and formed, I'm really speaking about structured or unstructured prayers and structured prayers. What am I talking about? Say it. Good. That's it. Unstructured prayers, free, and then structured friends. Structured prayers mean formed, structured and formed. You know, unstructured prayers, free prayers are great, where you simply pray whatever's in front of you. God, this is the situation. This is what's next. As you're going about life, as you sense the Holy Spirit leads you to pray for something, pray for that. Um, as you go through situations, as we go through seasons, whatever comes up, they're free prayers and they're good and we should pray them. But I reckon that we should also pray prayers that are formed. And let me give you some examples of formed prayers or structured prayers. The first one is around the Bible. How often do you actually pray the prayers that are in the Bible? The actual people who write prayers, how often do you pray them? This is a really good thing to you, um, a really good thing to do. There is a prayer um, by a guy named Jabez, and he prays this. O Lord, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And God granted his request. Has anyone ever prayed that prayer for themselves? A few people, amen? That's a really good prayer to pray. How about this one? This is the Lord's Prayer. Jesus tells us to pray this. Are you ready? After three. One, two, three. Our Father in heaven, read the thing. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For the, Where's that? It's not there. Someone added that later, yeah? Another a great prayer of scripture. Here's another one from Ephesians chapter three. What I want you to do with this one, this is this is um, the apostle the apostle Paul praying for the churches in Ephesus around Ephesus, and we're going to pray this one together. But I want you to pray it for the person next to you. So have a look. Put your hand on their shoulder. Hold their hand if they're appropriate. Whatever you think, and let's pray this for the person next to us. Are you ready for this? One, two, three. I pray that out of His glorious riches. He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Wow, that, and amen? Yeah, we want to amen. That's a huge prayer. You know, it's great for us to get the prayers of the Bible. Now, we need to be careful because some of the stuff doesn't relate to us because we're New Testament believers, yeah, and under the New Covenant. I'm not going to go into that. So you can't pray all the prayers in the Old Testament because they don't relate to us. But and many of them do, and it's great simply to pray the, the formed prayers of Scripture. But then you can do something else that Nikki Freeman taught me once in, a, in one of our... Um, growing deeper nights. She said you can get a passage of scripture and you can pray it over your life and over the lives of others. Let me give you an example. Here's 2 Corinthians 5. God, I thank you that, that because I am, I am in Christ, that I am a new creation and that has come upon me. The old is gone and the new is here. All this is from you, God, who reconciled me to yourself through Christ and you've given me the, recon- the message of the ministry of reconciliation. God, you have been and you are reconciling the world to yourself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. 
and you've committed to us, your church, me, this message of reconciliation. Father, I'm now your ambassador as though you were making your appeal through me. So you can grab the scriptures, you can tweak the words, and you can make them, make them your own. That's the way that you can pray the scriptures, yeah? We're talking about free, these are formed prayers. Let me give you the, the uh, second type of formed prayer you can pray. You can pray lists. Who, who goes shopping with a list? Why do you take a list? So you don't forget. Friends, we need lists when we pray. My wife, on the back of one of her doors, she has different color paper with names with people and all different people in the world, and then she can pray through the different lists. Do you have lists for prayer? On Monday, maybe you pray for this group, on Tuesday for this group, on Wednesday for this group, or maybe you just have five things on your list and you pray for those things every day. Get lists because you will what? You will forget the important things to pray about. The Bible, lists. Number three, you can pray patterns. This is a really helpful one. There's a pattern called the Acts pattern. Acts pattern breaks down to this. A for adoration. God, I just adore you for who you are. You, God, you're incredible. C, then confess. God, I've messed up here. I've got this wrong. Please forgive me. God, I thank you for, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. And finally is to ask supplications about God. Can you please do this? God, we need this. The Acts prayer. Write that down if you're taking notes. That's a really, really helpful way of praying. And it can be two minutes long can be an hour long. Formed prayers, really, really helpful. About 20 years ago, I uh, went to this little conference around this thing called The Hour That Changes the World. There's a book, if you want to look the book up, The Hour That Changes the World. And this guy talks about an everyday spending 60 minutes with you and God. And he breaks it down. You can look this up online. I just Googled it, and that's where I found the picture. Um, five, the first one is around the first five minutes is praise and worship, reading upside down, then waiting on the Lord, confession of guilt and sin, praying scripture, watching, intercession, petitions, thanksgiving, song, contemplation, meditation, listening, praise. I don't use that, but maybe I should. Um, people do. And it helps you pray for the things that God would want you to pray for. Really, really helpful. So there's the first one, formed. And free. I encourage you to have both formed prayers and free prayers. A, are you ready for A? A is alone and assembled. Let's firstly look at this, this prayer of being alone. Friends, when you're a, um, if you're a Christian here this morning, I should say that because I'm sure in a group this size, not everyone yet has made a decision to follow Jesus. But if you're here this morning and, and you have committed your life to Jesus, you have believed that he is that, that our Jesus is the Son of God, that you believe that he died on the cross and rose again to give you new life, to deal with your sin. If he, Jesus is the, is the Lord of your life, well then you are in a, a wonderful relationship with God. And in, just like in any relationship, we need to communicate with him. And that, and that time where it's just you and God is the most precious and the most beautiful time. Just imagine a, a, a marriage relationship we never actually spent time together. I mean, what sort of relationship would it be? Or if you simply saw them in groups, we're about to do assemble, which is about groups. If you only saw your marriage partner when you're in groups of other people, you would lack intimacy, you would lack depth. When you're one-on-one with God, you can share your deepest heartfelt cries, your deepest heartfelt desire, 
The importance of prayer, just you and God, is, is so very, very important. And friends, Jesus models that for us. In Mark 1, it says very early in the morning when it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And it's not just hearing Mark 1. There's a number of times in the Gospels where we're told that Jesus gets alone with his heavenly Father and prays. Now, interestingly, that, that our Jesus is God in flesh, right? No one knew the Father more than he did. He's come from the Father to us. And he, God in flesh, took time aside to pray. How much more do we, who ain't God in flesh, who have God within us, but we're not God in flesh, how much more do we need to pray alone and connect with our God? Now, you might be a mum and you might be super busy. You might be a CEO of a company and you might be like super busy in, the, in, the, uh, in your life. You might have so much going on and you go, Nathan, when have I possibly got time to pray? Well, let me give you a challenge this morning. Has anyone heard of a lady named Susanna Wesley? Yes. She was the mother of John and Charles Wesley, the guys who started the Methodist Church and wrote over 6,000 songs for the church, 6,000 hymns for the church. These guys were awesome. Susan Wesley, their mom, she had 16 children. How many? And there was no go watch ABC for kids. All right? Parents, who does that? ABC for kids, try Netflix, do what you want, get their own login. Yeah, there was none of that, no TVs. But But history tells us that what she used to do, she used to sit at her kitchen table with her apron over her head. And she used to pray like this. And the kids knew that if she had the apron over her head, that she was not to be disturbed during that time. And it worked. It worked. That was her way of getting time alone with God. So if you think, if you think you're too busy, no time, be inspired by Susanna Wesley, no no ABC for kids, no washing machines, no dishwashers, just the apron and her God, kids buzz off. This is me me and Jesus time. And, and, and what did it model for her children? Out of her, two of her children, like greatest, some of the greatest church leaders on the planet, most influential church leaders, and I reckon it was a lot to do with the model that her mother, their, their mother gave them. The importance of praying alone, praying alone. But now let's now go to praying assembled, praying assembled. Friends, the our New Testament is, has got many examples where the church gathered together and it's something in our 20th century church that I reckon we're 21st century, whatever, whatever we are. 21st, thanks, Ken. Um, the 21st century church, we are so full in our lives with so much stuff going on. How often do we gather together to pray? We do it at our growing, as a church, we are growing deeper nights once a month. We gather in life groups, we gather on Sundays. But is that praying together a priority for us? Here's an example in, the, in Acts chapter 1 of the early church praying. Where after Jesus' ascension and before the coming of the Spirit, it says they were all joined together constantly, the believers. They were constantly joined together. Would that be describing us as a church that we constantly pray together? Another example is in Acts chapter 2. 
After the day of Pentecost, 3,000 were added to the church. And there's this idea that they gathered together and prayed. It says in Acts 2, 42, 43, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They, collective, and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer and everyone. There's this sense that they, they, they gathered together. Here's another example. In Acts chapter 4, after Peter and John are arrested, they're, they're released after, after the blind guy in Acts chapter 3 is given his sight. Is it blind or lame? No, lame, not blind. Lame guy in Acts chapter 3 is given his sight. Is he blind or lame? I've forgotten. Which one is he? The, was he blind and lame? Silver and gold, I didn't have you. The name of Jesus, like, rise up and walk. He was lame. He was lame. After that, when they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. They prayed again. And then this really, really uh, cool, is it there? Have I put it there? I didn't put it there. Um, in Acts chapter 12, we have this really cool, really cool um, passage where, where our Peter's in prison and, and, his, and his, um, his Christian friends are in another house gathering to pray. And they're praying, Peter, be released, Peter, released. Anyway, God does this miracle. The doors open. Peter gets released, knocks on the door of the believers. And the person who opens the door is shocked that Peter is at the house. Because even though they're praying that he'd be escaped from prison, that they still thought he'd be in prison, anyway, whatever. And it says that they, that they were gathering together, Acts 12, 12, to pray. Why should we pray together? Here's some thoughts. Number one, it's around encouragement. When you gather together with other believers, you can be encouraged. Here's a scripture. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. When you pray with other people, it encourages you. People on the same journey, people praying for the same stuff. And friends, there's this really cool thing about having answered prayers. And this is a really, really full verse here from Matthew 18. Again, truly I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. When we gather together, and we agree, Jesus says that it will be done, for where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. Importance of praying, praying together. At the end of this series, which is in three weeks' time, I'm going to ask, ask the church to spend four weeks, and it might extend, but definitely four weeks, committing each one of us one hour a week to gather in clumps of people to pray. Um, Reese and I are going to put together a timetable of the week and Monday through to Sunday we're going to have multiple times per day which, uh, which where, um, where people are going to gather together in different places and hopefully you will find one that will suit you. One that's very early between 6 o'clock and 7 o'clock every morning is at Mr. Rex's house. We're at Mr. Rex, 6 and 7 o'clock, he's in Padstow. And then there's, a, there's our groups that meet in this region, all different times, middle of the day, night times. We're going to give you lots of options as a way of putting this stuff into practice. One hour a week for four weeks, praying together, and then we'll see what happens. Is that okay? What was F? Free and... What was A? Alone and assembled. And final one, D? Desperate and delighted. Being a person of prayer, I reckon you're going to pray prayers of desperation and prayers of delight. Desperation is when you come to God with your deepest heartfelt cries, deepest fears, 
deepest concerns where you go, God, I need God, I need you. We see one of these prayers in Psalm 69. This is King David. He writes, Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. A prayer of desperation. I sink in the miry depths where there is no foothold. I've come into the deep waters, the floods engulf me. I am worn out, calling for help. My throat is parched. My eyes fail, looking for my God. Those who hate me without reason outnumber the hairs of my head. Many are my enemies without cause, those who seek to destroy me. He's in this difficult place and he cries out prayers of desperation. God, meet me here. Have you ever prayed a prayer like that before? God, meet me here. I remember when Joel was, my, my second son Joel was 18 months or two years old and he had a fever and he was vomiting and I had him and it was late at night, um, I don't know, midnight maybe, one o'clock, I can't remember. And I had him in the bathroom holding him and he was vomiting and all of a sudden he had a seizure. Uh, it turned out to be a febrile, febrile convulsion, whatever the word is. Febrile, thank you Donna, a febrile convulsion. And he shook on my lap and I freaked out. And he shook and then he stopped shaking, he froze and he stopped breathing for a few long, long, long seconds. <laughs> And he's on my lap. You know what my prayer was? Help God now. That was my desperation prayer. Help God now. And he went, ah. And he kept breathing again. I'm not saying it was my prayer. No, I don't know. Whatever. But he praised God that he's kept breathing again, yeah? It's in those moments where it is, oh dear, these prayers of desperation. And these are good prayers. Don't ever think you can't pray something to God or you can't talk to God about something or something's too evil to talk to God about or something's too difficult because he's the God that understands. He's the God who walked it. Jesus has been through, lived this life. He was um, given unto every temptation given to man. He went through the cross and he did all that horrible stuff for us. He's been through all the difficulty and you can bring your difficulty to God. Prayers of desperation. And the final one, so we're going to land today, is around prayers of delight. Prayers of delight. Where you're just so blessed and so like, so thankful. God, I just want to thank you and I want to honor you. There's something in my heart that just, I'm just so thankful. And this is another one by David. He says, praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers, gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and brines up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is no limit. It's about when you go about life and you see the work of God and there's this, there's this rising up within you. You go, God, this is so good. That's the time to thank him and praise him and honor him. You know, some of the times when, when I've been in involved with what God is doing. Maybe I'm preaching a message and this is what I believe God's doing and someone is transformed or someone commits their life to Jesus or someone's life is transformed. Like this morning, I saw Jess, right, worship leading, like she's never worshiped led before. And I've been working with her and encouraging her about giving vocal cues and encouraging the church and what to say. And today, I'm like, nailed it, like, awesome. And I'm going, God, that is so cool. I'm delighted, delighted at what's happening here partnering with God and Jess, and I go, wow, delighted in my belly. Happy now. Go home today, just delighted. Praise God for you, Jess. Praise prayers of delight. 
pray prayers of desperation. Did anyone eat the fads? I don't think anyone ate them. Did anyone eat them? What were they like? All right? Fantastic. There's another box for you, Charles. Here it is. Ready? One, two, three. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Free and formed, alone and assembled, desperate and delighted. As we come to the end, which one of the... We're going to do two more things. And the first one's this. Which one of these things do you need to grab a hold of and you need to implement into your world? Which one of these things? Is it prayers that are more free? Prayers that are more formed? Do you need to get alone more? Do you need to get assembled more? Is it more desperation, more delight? Turn to the person next to you. Which one of these things? Go for it. Imagine, imagine what your life would look like if you took prayer to a whole new level. And a whole new level for Mr. Rex, that's a lot of prayer a day. But for some of us, it's only a few minutes. Imagine what your life would look like if you invited God in. Remember from the first week, your prayers are powerful and effective that you're in a spiritual battle, that you can stand against the enemy, that when you pray, you remember who he is and you remember who you are. Imagine if you took prayer to a new level. Imagine if you prayed more prayers that were free as you go about life and you took more time to write lists. You prayed through the Bible that you use those patterns. Imagine if you got time alone and more time together assembled. Imagine if those prayers of delight and prayers of desperation were more and more part of your world. Imagine the impact it would have on your life. Imagine the impact it would have on your family. Imagine the impact it would have on this church and the community around us. Imagine the impact. 